This is Pastor Callie Hargraves with Thursday Watch of the Lord. I'm filling in for Dale Gentry today. We miss him, but we're so glad he is having some family time. Um, we know that Jesus is doing so many things, and we really believe that part of the prayer revival that's taken in place that God has called this ministry, BPN Radio, to be a big part of that. And I want to encourage you, if this is your first time to ever listen to BPN, to get involved in this ministry uh, and faithfully support. We believe God is raising up um, a, a real revival of prayer. Um, the other day I was in my prayer time and I, I just, I kept hearing prayer revival and Bible revival. If, if we as a church will fall in love with our Bibles and our time with the Lord, we will see amazing exploits done by the Lord. So I'm excited about BPN Radio and what this ministry is actually doing. Today I have a wonderful guest. Her name is uh, Pastor Chris Finney. She's part of actually the pastoral staff uh, at my church, Celebration of Life Church. She's an amazing woman of God. They they lead and help with all of our uh, children, um, youth ministry and do a phenomenal job, but also help in a, a, a myriad of ways. But she has an amazing testimony uh, about chronic illness and how God completely healed her and the power of falling in love and uh, with Jesus and allowing Jesus to be her Lord. And so she's going to give her testimony today and then talk about some of the steps to really... Um, to walk your healing out and to believe God for, you know, because when we're sick in our body, it, it does affect everything in our lives. So I'm so excited to have you, Chris. Welcome. Thank you, Pastor Callie. I'm really excited to be here. We're glad you're here. Now, will you just just tell me, tell me your story, your testimony of, you know, when you got sick, how you got sick, and how that affected you. Let, and tell us a little bit about you. We'd love okay. to know more about you. Okay. Um, one reason I'm really excited to be here is because if you remember this or not, you're actually the one that prayed over me whenever I received my healing. Oh, I, I didn't remember. I didn't remember. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm really excited that we're here together doing this because you are very instrumental in, oh, in, praise Jesus. in the end result of all of that. Praise so, Jesus. Um, just to give you a little background about myself, I actually grew up Methodist. Um, my mother was a very faithful woman of God. She prayed all the time. Wow. It was in our house. It was always about, um, would you do that if Jesus was here? Jesus was talked about constantly. So being a Methodist, they're not as likely to give altar calls. So I didn't hear that much about salvation. Um, but I don't ever remember a time not believing and loving Jesus. Wow. I always amazing. prayed just, you know, he was just always a part of my life. And I remember in the first grade, there was a hurricane that came through. And the first time I actually heard salvation mentioned um, was we were reading a book. She read us a book so we didn't have electricity for two weeks. So every night she would sit and read us this book. And it was about church mice. And, and these church mice get saved. Um, so that was actually the first time I heard about salvation. Wow. And they were uh, singing um, Amazing Grace. And I remember I had revelation at that moment, and I said, Mom, I understand what that song means. So to me, that was actually like revelation um, of what salvation was, and probably the moment really in my heart of transformation um, into loving and understanding that um, and what having Jesus that kind had of relationship. Done, yeah, yes, what he had done yes. for you on the cross. Yes, That's exactly. amazing. Yeah. So you grew up in a family that honored Jesus your whole life. So you never, you don't even know life without Jesus. No, what I really, a, really don't. Wow. And um, so, you know, along the way, there are different things that brought me to a, a closer relationship with him. I didn't, I just don't recall other than that, an actual conversion experience. I right. just always knew and loved Jesus. And um, my daughter's actually the same way. Jessie received Christ at three. She doesn't remember it, but... We actually, she, I led her through the sinner's prayer, and at three years old, she was actually going out testifying to what that meant. Well, to people, I believe so. that because several of my children literally got saved and baptized, and they truly got saved, you know, in a revival at very young ages, right. four and five and six. So, yes. you know, it happens a it lot, does. especially with children that have been raised in the church. Right, right. So, um, going forward, my mother kind of. Uh, 
she quit going to church. There was an offense, and so she quit going to church. She continued to love Jesus, but because of that, I kind of tried different churches after that. So, you know, I'd gone to a Baptist church, and so for me, it was um, extremely helpful because you got to see Jesus from all different perspectives because every religion has, every denomination has some sort of aspect that they kind of uh, put out there for you for Jesus. Yeah, and every denomination has... You know, I've always said you can learn from every denomination yes. because they have, you, you line 10 preachers up in 10 different denominations and everyone has a extreme revelation on one or two areas. Exactly, yes. So I actually saw that as a, as a big asset. Um, my brothers ended up um, in a spirit-filled church, and um, so eventually I did too. But I think where my kind of true walk with Jesus came in is at 20 years old, um, I had been in a relationship and it ended abruptly and, you know, my heart was broken. So of course, you know, when you have a broken heart, you know, you're looking for any kind of help you can. Right. And during that time, um, I was really seeking God, but I, I really, you know, felt like what I wanted is what he wanted for my life. And, um, I remember going out one night, and I asked my mother if I could be a little bit later on my curfew. She said that was fine. I was 20 years old. You know, I, sure. I still honored her curfew. Um, and I came home that night, and she was waiting up for me, as I figured she was. But she was upset with me, and I really couldn't understand why. And the only thing she said to me was, she said, instead of praying, thy will be done, why don't you begin praying, or my will be done, why don't you begin praying, thy will be done. And she got up, and she went to bed. That was all she said to me. And um, so I really chewed on that. Yeah. And I, I, I really began to do that. Like that night, I began to pray, okay, Father, let your will be done. Yeah. And it made a journey from my head to my heart. Wow. And I just really began to seek him um, without even realizing I was like truly seeking him. And I remember I was in my room one night and I was just sitting there and I was just praying with my eyes closed you know, your will be done, your will be done. And there was such a peace and a presence that came. My eyes were closed, but I could see brightness through my, through my closed eyes. And it was, the presence of God was so strong. It was, I felt like if I opened my eyes, I was going to see Jesus standing there. Wow. His presence was so strong. I did open my eyes and the brightness that was in the room was incredible. And from that moment on, my life was completely and utterly changed. Wow. And it was a journey from that point on of really seeking his will in my life. Because it's one thing to serve him. It's another thing to just truly want his heart and yeah. his will and in commit your life. to to thy will be done. And the beautiful part about it, sometimes we think, well, I don't want to pray thy will be done because right. what if it's something I don't want to do? And here's here is something I think we all come to terms with when we truly surrender to the Lord, thy will be done will include some of your own dreams. Yes. But he will actually, he will so, you'll fall so in love with him that thy will be done will be a pleasure. Yes. It will be a joy. It will become your will. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And a lot of those dreams he placed in there to begin with. Right. You know, so a lot of the things that we really want, but we think, oh, I don't know if I'll ever get there. You know, that's something that God's placed in us most of the time. Right. You know, so that it's, it's a desire that really just comes from Him. So from that moment on, it really was just a journey. After that, um, I went to church with my brother. Um, I met David. With, within six months, I changed churches, was baptized in the Holy Spirit, got married. Um, you know, so it was a whirlwind of just Literally, a lot of change. that one night of you saying, okay, Lord, I surrender. Yes. And then God aligned, literally aligned the stars for you. Yes, yes, he actually did, yes. And and from that point on, once I'm once David and I were married, we began in ministry in different aspects. And so from that moment, yes, that was completely life-changing. Just in my attitude, my heart, um, the peace that I had. But more than that, God completely just changed everything in my life um, and brought me to this place Um with him and where my life has led me to today. Wow. What a blessing. What a blessing. So you married David. Uh, 
And you get a ready-made family. I get a ready-made family. Because David yes. had been married before. Mighty yes. man of God, but through some terrible circumstances, you know, ended up in divorce, which it's happened to a lot of amazing people, but not of his choice. Right. And then y'all end up having a couple of kids. We have a couple of kids. So yes. let's talk about you're in ministry. You're doing the work of God. Let's talk yes. about you getting sick and how that affected you and what actually happened there. Through um, most of... Uh, Every couple of years, I would end up kind of sick. At 18, they actually told me I had migraines. They weren't really that bad. I had a different form of migraine. So I'd have more dizzy spells and auras and things like that. So it usually wasn't debilitating. But every couple of years, um, I would end up going through a series of tests because I would just have weird symptoms. But then it would kind of go away. And then for a couple of years, I was fine. Um, that was up until 2004. 2004... I was actually on top of the Fred Hartman Bridge, and I had a dizzy spell as oh. I was driving. Oh. So um, thank God I was in the left-hand lane, so I pulled over quickly, and I blacked out. You blacked out? I blacked out. And um, so after that, you know, I came home, <laughs> and I didn't drive again for quite a long time. Um, and I started going to the doctor, and I went through test after test after test. Um, I had... Uh, lumbar punctures, I had MRIs, I had just, you know, they did a series of tests. And the only thing that they could find at that time was something in my spinal fluid that sent me to a infectious disease doctor. Wow. They told me they didn't necessarily think I had that, but they needed to check it out because it, it did come back positive. So they sent me to an infectious disease doctor. So from there, I went to the infectious disease doctor and he told me I had something called brucellosis, and which is not something that normally you get. It actually comes from um, goats or oh, wow. some dogs have it. But I had actually been out when my dad had delivered a couple of goats. So they thought, it, you know, everything lined up. So they really thought that I had brucellosis. So for the next year, because it wouldn't ever really go away, I went through antibiotics. I had was taken too orally. Um, for a while, they had a nurse come out that was giving me a shot every day of an antibiotic. Um, and then eventually they did a, um, a line where I had to, you know, actually give myself intravenous fluids um, every day. So, and during that time, I would actually do this kind of roller coaster where I was fine. You know, I'd feel okay, pretty decent. And then I would just just downgrade to this point where I couldn't even get out of bed. I literally lost days during those days where um, I, I just couldn't get out of bed. I'd have to call my mom to come get Jess, my daughter, and um, to take care of her because literally I just I couldn't wow. function at all. Wow. And then eventually, you know, I'd come back to where I could get out, but I'd have to drive the carts around. You know, David would get me out. Um, We'd drive the carts or we would, uh, and then eventually I was, I was okay again. But it was like this roller coaster this whole year of me being on these antibiotics where I just was, had, you know, was either really high or really low. And um, I have to tell you, I have the best husband in the world. Oh, wow. Because, I mean, there was never a complaint. He just would go to the grocery store. He would take care of the kids. Whatever had to happen. He took care of it. Every doctor's appointment he went to, he didn't wow. miss a single doctor's appointment. What an amazing I mean, husband. Yeah. I mean, he just, he stepped up to the plate in an amazing and incredible way. And did make you feel guilty about and, it. And he never made me feel guilty Sounds about like it. Sounds like Jesus to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I was extremely blessed. That was my, that was my safe place. Between yeah. him and Jesus, that was my safe place. Because a lot of people, you know, when you're sick, people don't understand that. Sometimes people are afraid of that. It's just very, very, um, it's lonely. Because yeah, and, it, you know, a lot of people, if you've never been sick, you don't have tolerance for people that are right. sick. And you may say, oh, it's in their head. Exactly, or, yes. Especially when it's something weird that people can't really diagnose and you're struggling. Yes. And, you know, so there's all kinds of things that go with that type of a sickness. Right, right, exactly. And then after that year, um, that doctor just said... I don't really know what to do for you anymore. Um, he said, I think it's just become a chronic condition. It's probably settled in your central nervous system. There's really nothing I can do for you anymore. And at that time, um, 
I was on short-term disability. And uh, so going to long-term disability, they had me go to a series of doctors. Well, these doctors said, I don't even think you ever had brucellosis. So we were back to... They don't really know. They don't know. Yeah. So we were back to, to they don't know. So then I had to make a choice because they released me from short-term. So I had to go back to work. So I went back to work, and I kind of, I, I went to a, 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 David got me in because he works for University of Texas Health Science Center. He got me into the head of the um, infectious disease department. That man looked at me, and he, he said, I don't want to say you never had it, but he said it, it's, you don't have it anymore. And he said it may have settled in your central nervous system, but we don't know. And we don't really know what to do for you either. And during this time... Um, I actually was waking up in the middle of the night and I couldn't breathe, but they didn't know what that was either. And there was on my birthday, David took me out. Um, we actually had a little surprise party for me. And on the way home, I actually couldn't breathe. Um, I told him, don't take me to the hospital. I just want to go home and lay down, but I could not breathe. So he did. He took me home. I laid down and I was, I was okay after about 30 minutes. So time marches on, and I just kind of gave up on doctors. So then dietarily, I just cut out everything but organic food and just tried to do it the health way, do it the health way and just deal with it the best I could. So I did that for a couple of years, but I always felt just bad. You know, I, my energy was really low, and I just I was in pain a lot. And I just dealt with it, and I worked. How and many I took years care of my did this kids. go on, Chris? This went on from that time, from the Fred Harmon Bridge. Yes, it was eight years. Eight years. Eight years. Yes, wow. and then I finally received um, a di. I mean, a, um, they finally diagnosed me. Um, I was working with a woman who had MS, and so I asked her, "How is your doctor?" Because not only do you get it from your friends and family, when you go to the doctor, sometimes there's just they can be just as mean as your friends and family, yeah. you know, yep. especially if they can't figure it out. Then it's kind of an ego thing for them sometimes. And, you know, so then um, they just kind of feel like maybe it's in your head, too. I don't know how many times I was told maybe you just need to go on antidepressants. You know, we think it's in your head, that kind of stuff. Um, so I ended up going to this uh, neurologist and she was wonderful. And she had me diagnosed within two weeks after running some tests. And uh, she told me that I had, uh, well, first she told me I had myasthenia gravis, which is a neuromuscular disorder, which is why I would not be able to breathe um, at times. And that affects your ability, um, your transmitters between your, your muscles and your nerves. Oh, wow. And so you would get weak. You would physically get weak in your voluntary muscles, um, which then, of course, if you're doing that a lot, then your body just gets tired because it's overworking itself. Right. Um, so they put me on medication for that. She also confirmed, she said, yes, you have migraines. And she said, your migraines are so bad that you are having 10 major migraines in a day. She said, your brain is mush from your migraines. So she said, you may not feel, she said, you probably have a headache all the time. And she said, your eyes are slit because the light bothers your eyes and you don't even realize it. So your eyes are just, you just barely have your eyes open enough to function, but it's because your migraines are so bad. So, I mean, just immediately this woman just was she able to, yeah, she figured it out. And then she told me I also had uh, peripheral neuropathy, which is also part of the reason why I would have so much weakness in my legs on top of the myasthenia gravis. So she began to treat those things and it definitely made a difference um, but I realized I had been diagnosed, had been going through treatment for probably a year or two. And again, I wasn't really telling my family too much about it or friends. For one thing, it worried my mother every time I said anything. Another thing was just because people, just the reaction of it. People well, don't know how understand. to react. Right. Yes. And so you just, you just go through your day and you just don't involve people sometimes. So I actually was talking to my brother and he said, I didn't even realize you had a diagnosis. So I sat down one day and I actually wrote out a letter to my family and told them what I had been through. At that time, it had been six years, what I had been through the last six years and all the different doctors I had seen and that I finally had a diagnosis and that Jesus was faithful. Yes. 
and yeah. he was you know very faithful and that through it you know no matter what we walk through that he he's always there yes, and that was yes. one thing that that I realized through it was that he was just always there then I finally got the diagnosis which I needed the most which was fibromyalgia that came a little later um but that's where all my pain was coming from and uh so because of that I was on like six different medications which had to be hard too yes because you can't function hardly when you're on that kind of medicine right yeah so I had six different medications going on um then there's side effects from the medication um they actually thought maybe I was having seizures but they just could never catch them as well so they upped my migraine medicine to where it was right at the maximum strength for that but at the minimum strength for uh, seizures but then because of that I was literally seeing things um the kids called it my pink elephant experience because yeah. I would see I would literally see things like oh look at that monkey never mind because I'd realize it wasn't there and and they would just call it my pink elephant experience because I would literally see things well, that weren't there. You were on there. so many drugs. Yeah. Your, the body was I just was. reacting. Right. But through it, as a family, um, we learned how to have fun with that stuff. You know, we learned how to enjoy the journey. There were things that I missed. There were parties we missed. There were things that we would, um, vacations we missed. We wouldn't be able to go on vacation, different things like that. But as a family, our motto was enjoy the journey. Yeah, you got to get to that place. It's a hard place to get sometimes when you're going through tough times. Yes. But it's really the only way to experience Jesus. You know, we love to talk about victory. We love right. to talk about del deliverance. But, you know, there's Jesus talked about us knowing his suffering. Yes. And if we don't ever go through a problem, we'll never know his suffering. No. We'll never even be able to relate to what he went through on the cross and the pain that he took on. And there's something about our character that is formed in the valley of suffering. Yes, yes. And, you know, I, I believe Jesus came to deliver us from all of that, but it does not change the fact we still go through it sometimes. Yes, yeah. So um, let, let me, let's take a break here and have a song. We've got a song lined up. I want to, uh, it's Healer by Carrie Job. We're going to do that, and then we're going to come back and talk about finish talking about your journey and and how healing came and uh, I'm I'm really excited to hear this whole story. I'm I'm so blessed by this.
So happy to have Miss Chris Finney here today with us uh, talking about her journey of healing. So we left off. You were sick. You'd been through all this. You finally got a diagnosis yes. and you wrote your family this letter. Yes. And you just, you, you made a decision that yes, we're, I'm in this, but I'm going to enjoy the journey. I'm going to get what God has for me, even in this place of suffering. Yes. Tell us what happened after that, Miss Chris. Um, I actually... Even I remember there were a couple of pivotal things that happened um, that I believe brought me to the place of healing. One of them was I remember sitting there and looking at my, my two kids. Um, the other two had, had, had grown by then and were in their own families. Um, I looked at my two kids, and I remember telling Jesus, if all I have left in me ministry-wise is to minister to these three people in my life, that's enough. Oh, that that's enough because I know your destiny for them is great and if that's if that's my only job left I'm okay with that yeah I can do that I can love on them I can encourage them I can push them to the place that you have for them yes. in their life and that is the greatest honor to do that as a parent anyway yes yeah so I remember just coming to that place of submission again you know, your will be done, your will be done, whatever that is. If it's, if it's healing. And I always, I have always felt like God was going to heal me. I didn't know if it was going to be a gradual thing. If it was going to be immediate thing, I always felt like God was going to heal me. Um, but if he didn't, you still were going to serve him. That's right. And you that's were right. going to minister to the people that God had in your path. That's right. Yes. Yes. Because to me, and I, that was the other thing is I realized ministry is not what you do. It is who you are. In, right. in front of him first and anybody that's in front of you, yes. you have an opportunity so to minister true. to anyone. So um, I was actually driving down the road one day, and uh, this was probably about six months before I was healed. I was driving down the road one day, and um, I couldn't breathe. And I had not taken my medicine before I left work that day because with the medicine I had, it was kind of the timing had to be perfect almost, or right. you could go into distress either way. Too much medicine, you go into stress. Not enough, you go into distress. So um, I pulled over, took my medicine, and I'm driving home. Well, it was getting worse, and, of course, then I'm panicking. So that, of course, makes it worse. But I just could not breathe. And as I was getting closer to home, which is kind of out in the country, I was getting a little bit more and more nervous about it because I kept thinking I should have pulled over when there was a police officer. I should have pulled into a hospital it was really making me nervous because I'd, I'd gone into distress a couple of times, but not like this. And um, so I was really kind of scared about what was going to happen. 
And I remember just sitting there praying, uh, okay, Father, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. What do I need to do? What do I need to do? And he said, turn up your radio. My radio had been, you know, I turned it down. So I turned it up, and right at that moment, I hear the words, let every breath, all that I am, never cease to worship you. Wow. And at that moment, even though I still couldn't breathe, I'm, I am crying and laughing, and I am singing with hardly any breath left in me. But I knew at that moment that he had me, and I was going to be okay. So I got home, laid down, and I was. I was fine. Um, but at that moment, it was, it was like, okay, God, no matter what it is, here I am. Use me however you need to. Whatever you have for me, I'm accepting it. Yes. Yeah, I'm not fighting it. I'm not going to fight it. I'm going to turn my face to you, and I think that's the difference. That day, I, I was looking at my symptoms, and he's like, no, 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 focus on me, focus on me, focus on me. And so when I did that, when I turned on that song and I realized what he was telling me, I turned my face to him. And I, that was the difference. As you know, so many times we focus on what's ahead of us, on our symptoms, on our problems, on our finances, or whatever we can see. Right. And all he wants to do is just just look at his face. Yeah, just focus on me. Just focus on me. And whenever I, I did that, um, it, was, it was just such a peace that came over me that day. And from then on, um, things just began to change, and my faith began to grow. Yes. And even in... Uh, my sickness, I, I could even tell that symptoms were beginning to, to subside some. But we did not have at that time um, a church home. We were doing home church with, with Jim and Nancy Gideon. So we had pastors at that time. Um, but Nancy was ready to release us because she felt like God had more. And so during that time, she actually released us. So then... And, and we knew it. We all knew it in the spirit that things were going to shift and change. Um, and so we began looking for a home church. And thankfully, um, through different people, we found Celebration of Life. Wow. And so we came to Celebration of Life, and Jesse and I immediately knew. Uh, we came without David on, a, I think it was a youth night, and we knew immediately that that was home. Wow. And, and so we, we brought David and... Um, it was just, I don't know, to watch the people here, I could just see people love Jesus, and there was just something here that I wanted so badly. And I saw people receive. Like, I've never seen people receive from God. You can physically see people receive from God here. Wow. wow. Like, when somebody goes to pray for them, they're ready, just like you're ready to catch a football. Sure. They're ready for whatever God had. I had never seen that man, you know, that kind of, of atmosphere atmosphere before, um, and so I, I really wanted that. And and watching people receive helped me receive. Right, right. It gave me a desire for that. And and so you know, I really was thinking about it. That I prayed for healing for myself. Obviously, I desired healing for myself. But really, I just needed to begin to rest and receive in that. Right, right. There's an art to that. There is. And so the morning of my healing, we got up that morning. Um, I got up extra early, was getting ready for church. Um, I saw something on Facebook from, uh, from this man that I admire, and he posted something. God gave me a word for him. And so I was just, it was just one of those mornings where everything was just, Right. There was such an anticipation in my spirit. Uh, David went outside and he said, you have a flat tire. And I said, then we're going to take your car. Now, I'm not a big fan of David's car. He didn't have AC in the car. Um, it had just recently gone out. So I got a scarf. I said, you can take your T-tops off. I don't care. We're going to church. So he was like, wow, you must really want to go this morning. And I said, yes, yes, there's something that's going to happen this morning. Wow. So we get to church and we were sitting in the very back. And y'all gave an altar call. And before I knew it, I was on my feet and I was walking down the aisle. It wasn't even like I was made that decision in my mind just, at that you moment. Were just doing it. I was just doing it. And I got to you and you said, I feel like God's about to heal me. I just need someone to agree with me. Wow. 
and we began to pray and I literally felt it all just lift, just go. Wow. Wow. And I went back to my seat and I took David's hand and I squeezed it. And I said, do you feel that? I said, there's strength back in my hands. Wow. Wow. And from that moment on, now I had, I still would battle because I'd feel symptoms. But the second I told them to go, they would go. I would just, you know, I, it, the enemy was just trying to come against me and make me feel like, oh, you weren't healed. But for like a year, I would occasionally get a symptom. I would rebuke it. It would go. It was gone. And I didn't have to worry about wow. it. Wow. Wow. It's an assignment from the enemy to take you out. Yes. It yeah. was broken that morning. It was. God healed you, delivered you. And I had even gone to a chiropractor. Uh, no, I'm sorry, a massage therapist who was, who was helping with my muscles um, before that. So I went to him. I had an appointment, so I thought, I'm going to that appointment. I went to that appointment two days later, and he said, so how was your week? And I said, it was really, really good, but we're going to talk about that after you give me my massage. And he said, oh, okay. So he begins to massage me, and he goes, have you been working out? And I said, no, no, I haven't. He goes, your muscles are stronger. And I said, I know. And he could physically tell a difference. I finally had to just tell him that wow. God healed me because he was so amazed that in a week's time, your muscles had changed. My muscles had changed. Yeah. Wow. I'd actually, in, my muscles had increased during that time. Isn't that amazing? What an amazing God we serve. Yes. An eight year affliction. Yes. And in, in just a few minutes in the presence of God, completely gone. Yes. Completely yes. gone. You know, Jesus wants to do that for people that are listening today. Yes, he does. You know, and you, you, your affliction may not be physical. It right. may be spiritual. It yeah. may be mental. It may be a battle against your family. But God is in the healing business. So let's talk about, so you were healed that morning. I was healed that morning. I, I did not take any more medication from that moment on. I completely, I made that decision myself. I never went back to a doctor. Wow. I just... From that moment, my life completely changed. I've, I've, was that your second visit here? That was our third visit third here. Third visit here. Yes, our third visit here. Wow, yes. isn't God amazing? All right, let's talk about for a few minutes. Uh, really, there's three things that you've talked about here, and I want to drill down and really give some nuggets to people to take home. The battle of the body, the battle of the soul, and the battle of the spirit. Can yes. you t- can you talk about those three elements? Yes. And, and let's give let's give them let's break it down into some bite-sized pieces for them. Okay. Um, a lot of times with illness, just like we talked about, it's it's not easy to talk to other people about it. It's not easy to go through. Um, and what I all the diseases that I had, um, and I like to emphasize the had whenever right. I talk about right. it. You don't have them anymore. Um, I do not have them anymore. We're all autoimmune diseases, and with those, most of the time, symptoms of depression are are present. Um, anxiety, all that kind of comes along with that. Right, right. So not only do you have um, pain or are you battling in your body, but you also are battling in your mind. Right. Plus just the the, the stigma that's put on it. Sure. Um, I remember really wanting to have a diagnosis so that you didn't feel like you were just you crazy. Know, crazy. Yes. But when I got it, that in and of itself was a separate battle because then there's a label placed on me. Right. And I remember when they said that word chronic, that was the biggest thing I had to battle was that word chronic. Was, am I really going to have to live with this the rest of my life? Yeah, that's a terrible word. So there is such just a battle that goes on. Um, and then obviously it can affect you spiritually. When you are ill, you know, if, if you... Even if, if you know Jesus or don't know Jesus, it's just such a battle that is constantly wavering. Do I deserve this? What did I do? You know, um, is this, does this mean you don't love me anymore, God? Where are you, God? Where are you in the midst of this? Well, we live in a fallen world, and even though we've been delivered and saved and set free, we still, we're in a fallen yes, world. we are. We're, yes. we're subject to a fallen world. I know that just with my own battle with diabetes and my health journey that I've been on, when my blood sugar was so high, I could pray from sunup to sundown, and I was still always agitated because right. my body, my body had a blood sugar of 
you know, 200, 300, or 400. Well, you're not going to be, you're not going to be right. Right. It don't yes. matter how much you pray. You're not going to be right when your yes. body is that afflicted. Yes. So it definitely does affect every area of our life. Um. And I'm so excited because what's so amazing, see, I didn't know all, I, I knew you'd gotten healed. I didn't know really all the backstory. But what's so amazing is the amount of ministry and things that you and David are doing and your children are doing is so amazing. I mean, God is using you in such a powerful way. You are such a mother in the, in the kingdom and in the gospel. And the devil tried to completely wipe you out. But you know what I love? You accepted that you may only get to mother your babies. Yeah. And you may only get to pour into your husband. Yes. And you were happy with that. Yeah. Just, yes. you know. And I just want to encourage people that are listening. So many times we just want to get out of our problem. And God came to deliver us out of our problem. But you, we've got to learn to go through our problems. Yes. And, and. Sometimes he doesn't completely take us out. Sometimes he takes us through yes. it. Yes. And it's through the challenge. It's through the sickness. It's through the pain. Yeah, eventually you get the victory. But it's it may not be an escape route. It may be going through it so that he can work something into your character. Mm -hmm. Because now there's such a peace and an anointing on you, Chris. And you have such a love for God's people and that suffering is what put that in you. Yes. That suffering is what made that difference. Made that difference. Um, yes, because beforehand we did ministry, but it was about what we were doing. Right. And in that eight years, if there's anything I learned, it was first to minister to him. Yes. And now it's a desire and a want to. It's yes. not a, oh, we're just doing this. No, it is, I am compelled on a daily basis to do what I do because I love him yes, and I can now, Yes, you know, yes. there, there's a difference in the transformation that took place in our family and our hearts and our lives. I wouldn't change those eight years for anything in the world because every single moment of it was worth it. That's His love is deeper than the sea. His mercy is unfailing. His arms a fortress for the weak. Let faith arise. Let faith arise. I lift my hands to believe again you are my refuge you are my strength as I pour out my heart these things I remember you are faithful God forever Be 
Miss Chris, I want you to read what God get, showed you this morning to read. Okay, awesome. Uh, this was a response to a woman who was sick with some of the same things that I had, and she was questioning, why did God heal you and he hasn't healed me yet? Yeah. And this was my response to her. Um, I was sick for many, many years, and during that time felt exactly how you do. What is the point of any of this? Why am I going through this? I had many friends and family that thought I was a hypochondriac. I missed many events, including the birth of a grandchild. I read account after account of biblical healings and modern-day healings and wondered the same thing. But I finally got to the place where I rejoiced anyways. If it was a good day or a bad day, I was going to rejoice. That, was my, that my life mattered to him if I was in bed or out of bed. Our number one purpose as a human being is to have a relationship with him. All he really wants is our hearts, and I was able to give him that. The rest of that, we as Christians put so much value in in the ministry and the work is awesome. But at the end of the day, he just wants us to sit at his feet. So that's what I learned to do, and it was enough. And I wouldn't take back those years of sickness for anything in the world because I've learned that I'm valuable, sick, and healthy, and so are you. And he is no respecter of persons, so what he did for me, he can do for you. See, I love that. You know, and that's the biggest lesson you learned. Yes. And that's the lesson we all, we're valuable whether we can perform or not. That's right. And many of us get our own self-worth out of what we do yes. or how we perform or I'm a good wife and I'm a good mother or I'm a good businesswoman or, I, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a good assistant or I'm a good preacher or I'm a good this and good that. And we should be excellent at everything that God asks us to do. Yes. But our value comes from our identity in Christ. And so you, you literally had eight years to let that soak into your spirit. Yes. Lord, we just thank you for everyone that's listening today. 
And I thank you for the testimony of Chris. I thank you, Lord, for her faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, that you taught her how to love you and, and to rejoice in whatever circumstance she was in. I thank you, Lord, that everyone that's listening today, that anybody that's sick, that is being healed right now by the power of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that your healing balm is flowing right now through these radio airwaves. And you are healing the men, women, children, elderly people that are listening today. You're healing their bodies, their souls, their spirits. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor. We thank you, Lord, for what you did in Chris's life, and we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in ours. We'll see you next week um, at Warrior Watch or um, the Watch of the Lord. I pray God's blessings on you. I pray that you you find everything that you're looking for, and we we just declare the blessing of the Lord in Jesus' name.